I think think one of the things that you have to realize is that you know your job and your business both make demands in your time. And so it's really important to give each of them their full attention that they need, but be able to schedule, you know, exactly how your day is going to go. And also, you know, schedule time with your family. (laughs) I don't ignore my family because I'm doing these things. In fact, I love working at home because I can do all these things and I can switch in between them fairly quickly too. So one of the things that you need to do is be really disciplined about your time. Uh, the, The other thing too is, Look for ways that your current place, wherever you happen to be, can help you get to the next place. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I am your host, Yona Weiss. And with me today, we have Daniel Homeland. I am so glad to finally have you on the show, Daniel. What is going on? Hey, Yona. It's really a pleasure to be here on your show. And what's going on? Life is going on. Real estate, work, sleep, repeat. <laughs> That's, that basically sums it all up right there. <laughs> Let's uh, let's give our guests a little bit of context. Daniel is a full-time professional at Intel. You may have heard of that company, pretty big tech company. And meanwhile, you know, while doing that, he actually started his own commercial real estate investing company. We're going to talk a little bit about that. It's called Samaritan Capital. He's the host of a great podcast called REI for Professionals. So real estate investing for professionals. It's a really awesome podcast. I definitely urge you to check that out, especially if you are a professional like Daniel, who is a busy professional and he's making time to invest in real estate. Not only that, what I'm most fascinated about, believe it or not, is he actually started a investing education club at his office at Intel. So that's pretty awesome. And he's done it successfully. They have like weekly meetups and um, you know, have guest speakers. And really, it's just an educational place for people who are in the corporation to learn about real estate. So Daniel, without further ado, I, I want to jump into that first. Because like I said, that's for me the most fascinating part. Obviously, you are a, you know, a diverse uh, you know, person. You got a lot going on in your life. But I'm very curious about this. How did you get the idea? I mean, you're busy. You've been working at Intel for around 10 years or so. And a few couple of years back, you decided, let's start this club like you know are there other clubs that exist at intel or was this like oh oh, certainly yeah there there are a lot of different clubs that (laughs) exist at intel you can you can be part of toastmasters you can join the choir club there's a of course the chess club but uh there's there's quite a few and for me the real question was i i wanted to get into commercial real estate multifamily real estate and one of the things that i realized is that i have to be able to add value to other people in order to be part of a team Mm. And so I, I thought about that for a little while. And um, honestly, for a while, I started a, a multifamily meetup here in Portland where I live. And we met at the public library and we had you know, maybe 20-ish people at the tops coming to that. And uh, there were three other competing clubs going on at the same time. One on the, one on the east side, I was kind of on the west side, and there was one up north in the downtown of, of Portland. And uh, the other two actually did a strategic merge 
Mm. And at that point, I just went, oh, everybody go over there. <laughs> but so I tried a couple of things before I came to this, and this really took off. And what I've realized is that I was successful, or I'm, it is being successful because it's a niche. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happened there literally was I knew a lot of people in Intel you know, were interested in putting their money in stocks. Right. A lot of people were interested in startups. There was actually a stock investment club already. Mm and a startup investment club. And I looked through the, the clubs that were listed and I went, there's no real estate club. There you go. And, and so I went to Intel HR and said, hey, you've got a stock investment club. You've got a startup investment club. I want to run the real estate investment club. How can I do that? Mm-hmm. And so one, one of the first things I did and one of the first things I suggest to other people that are looking to start clubs at their place of work is know the rules at your corporation Mm -hmm. and get the help of the people that know your rules. If you can come to them and say, Hey, how can I do this? How can you help me do this? Then, you know, they're going to be very inclined to help you succeed. Right. So let me, let me just back up for a second there. I'm just fascinated by the fact that there are clubs at a corporate, like, how does that even happen? Like, is this an off hours, lunch hours, over after time, after hours? Like when does this actually exist? Yeah, the, the clubs, you know, meet at all different times uh, for the real estate investment club at Intel. We meet every Friday at noon Pacific mm-hmm. time from noon to one. So it's kind of a lunch hour thing. People gotcha. get their lunch and uh, it's always been over a Zoom or a WebEx type, you know, online form. In fact, almost all meetings at Intel are online mm-hmm. just because it's such a big corporation and people work in different places. And so it was a natural fit. So to be honest, it, it it was hard starting it. One of, the, one of the first rules they told me is that you're not allowed to advertise. You may not put up anything, you know, in terms of, you, you can't send email blasts to people. Of course, you don't want to spam people. Right. You can't put anything on the public calendar. You're, you, so it all has to be word of mouth. Wow. And you have to be able to get people to. So, so I had this challenge of, well, how do I get the word out? And, and honestly, the first, first four months were difficult and very they were hard. They, they, uh, they were really hard. And uh, I, I, I feel for some of the speakers I brought in, uh, Jerome Myers was one of my first speakers that I brought in. I felt so bad when I brought him in because that, uh, that was probably one month into starting the club. I was expecting maybe 15 people to show up. Mm-hmm. Five showed up. Okay. And then we had technical difficulties for the Uh-oh. first 25 minutes. Wow. And, uh, and you know we had low attendance for a good four months or so, and my thinking was is that if I run, you know, if I if I get good speakers, try to boost my numbers so I can attract good speakers, mm-hmm. but and then do it consistently every Friday, right? That the word will spread. Yeah. And what I realized is that wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I and that's when I started learning about strategic partnerships within companies. If you can go to your employee resource organizations, if you can go to, you know, your Toastmasters club, your, your startup founding club, if you can go to the young professionals network, all these different networks that already exist, and you go to them and you say, hey, I want to partner with you and do an event. Can you put me on your calendar? I'll put you on mine. Mm. And just, just start networking like right. that. That's awesome. Get yourself onto other people's calendars through partnering. Yeah which is how everything is done in real estate. Everything, you know, yeah. And and it's so amazing because that really kind of resonates through a lot of things. I mean, not, obviously this is not just limited to 
your club within your corporation that you're trying to start. If you're trying to start a local, right, real estate investment club, it may be more difficult if it's local and in person, but if it's a podcast or if it's a, you know, now we're doing a lot of these real estate investment groups online, right? We have our real estate connections group. We meet every Wednesday, same thing, right? If we have someone else from their group, we'll tell them about their, their thing on their date. They'll tell their group about mine, et cetera. It's a great way to, um, to partner. So it's been successful. What would you say is the number one, you know, kind of success that you have come out of this, you know, out of this investment group? Number one success, most successful thing. I mean, well, is it um, is something like the people that are showing up and are, are you regulars? Yeah. Have they started yeah. investing? You, you know, it's, it's, um, it's really gratifying. I get a lot of emails and a lot of comments just with, hey, Daniel, your club has been great. I've gone out and bought my first investment home. There you go. Um, and so our, our, our club is not about multifamily. It's about any real estate topic. So we have turnkey investors. We have mortgage note investors, mobile home park investors, any topic. And uh, I've, I've got a lot of people just saying, hey, I've learned so much. And it is, it's truly gratifying to get emails like that. And uh, I maintain open office hours. So if anybody wants to put, you know, 15 minutes on my calendar, we can meet and talk. And if we need longer, we can, we can set up another appointment and go longer. But I just let people call in and they can talk about any real estate topic they want to. They can ask my advice. They can throw a question at me. They can do whatever they want. And just being able to help people has been very gratifying. And, uh, I, and you know, only a fraction of the people have actually done that. Sure. Most of them are just there to listen to the speakers. Sure. And it's, you know, it's educational. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's, that's common throughout, you know, throughout everything. People are going to take a long time to, to learn and listen to podcasts or groups or educational resources until they actually decide to jump in and do something for themselves. So it, it's not the unique to that. So you've, you know, done this while being full-time working at Intel and simultaneously started your own investment company investing in multifamily uh, real estate. How do, you, how do you balance that? I mean, you talked at the beginning, like sleep, eat, real estate, right? <laughs> work, repeat. But the work and the investment, it's not something, you know, a lot of times you hear people like running away from their W-2, you know, um, how do I retire so I can go full-time? But it sounds like you've been able to incorporate that within you know what you're doing so how, yeah, how are you yeah able to balance that? Work, work eat sleep is is kind of a french phrase metro boulot dodo right. and it just it means exactly that work commute sleep <laughs> and i think think one of the things that you have to realize is that you know your job and your business both make demands in your time and so it's really important to give each of them their full attention that they need but be able to schedule you know exactly how your day is going to go and also, you know, schedule time with your family. <laughs> I don't ignore my family because I'm doing these things. In fact, I love working at home because I can do all these things and I can switch in between them fairly quickly too. So one of the things that you need to do is be really disciplined about your time. Uh, the, the other thing too is look for ways that your current place, wherever you happen to be, can help you get to the next place. So for instance, in starting a real estate company and starting a podcast, the uh, Real Estate Investing for Professionals podcast, REI for Professionals.com, the, the thing that helps me there is that whenever I am, so if I'm at work, I try to engage with people at work about real estate. So, so I started a club. Mm-hmm. In my club there, I can get great speakers to come in 
And so I asked them to be on my podcast, mm. you know, and, and each time I can leverage wherever I am, whatever niche that, you know, you happen to have carved out, if you can leverage that to get to the next point, mm. starting over all the time gets really <laughs> tedious and hard. And so be strategic about your planning. Interesting. And you, uh, you know, I'm assuming here, it's more than an assumption because I actually know, mm. but, um, but you, you're not doing it on your own, the real estate investing, right? You're oh, gosh, partnering no. up with, with others. And yeah. that obviously makes it much easier. I mean, people to think that you can just be a full-time employee, a full-time, you know, job and simultaneously, you know, take down huge uh, multifamily properties is a bit of a pipe dream, you know, to do it on your own. Well, to be honest, it's a bit of a pipe dream to think you could take down a multifamily property on your own, even if it is your full-time job. <laughs> <Even if> I, <laughs> um, that's a good point. You know, so here, here's a great example of that. In my business at Good Samaritan Capital, I don't do any broker relations, at least currently. I might do that in the future. But broker relations are very time-consuming, and you have to build a relation. You have to get to know the person. You're calling them during business hours. And so I try to take activities that would happen normally during my day and move them to either before I start working at Intel or after I start working at Intel. So a lot of the things that I do might be, you know, working with, working with investors who I can email after hours mm -hmm. or potentially working with, uh, you know, lawyers, tax accountants, those sorts of things where I can send emails after hours or before hours. And so I, I try to partner in the jobs that I know are time flexible. That way, if, you know, Intel schedules a meeting in the middle of my day, I don't have to you know, immediately cancel the other things that I'm doing with other professionals. Right. So I, 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 I work with people who are boots on the ground. Gotcha. Uh, my, my particular business, we look for, for deals that are um, in the Southeast and in the Midwest. We target uh, value add properties and we target uh, operators who are boots on the ground there. So they are physically there. And then we can join them through, you know, scheduled activities that are right. after business hours or, you know, otherwise. Gotcha. Okay. So that, I mean, that's obviously an important point you, <laughs> to figure out a way that you can add value that is more flexible. And, <laughs> and obviously there are so many important uh, factors that go into closing a deal, go into running a company, you know, you can add value in the way that you're able to. And I think that's incredible, incredible to be able to find that in the first place, but also to be able to, to you know, act on it. Mm -hmm. and, and it really underscores that real estate's a team sport. Yeah. You have to go out there and find right. great people to work with and you have to be the best version of you for them. Awesome. So tell me about the Good Samaritan Capital. What's the name? Obviously it has something to do with giving. Right. So, so like that. until recently, my, my business was called Alon Capital. And honestly, just to go back on that, names are really important. I, I chose Alon Capital because Alon is an oak tree. And I'm sure you know that. It's, it, uh, it, it's very similar to the Hebrew word for oak tree. But it's also similar to the French word for let's go together. So allons-y in French means let's go together. Mm. And, and it, it's also at the top of any alphabetical list. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why I chose the name Alon. But to be honest, it really didn't have that you know, immediate recognition. People didn't, people are constantly asking me, how do you pronounce it? Or right. what does this mean? Or is it, how do, you know, it, it was a forgettable name, unfortunately. And so this holiday break, I took a lot of time just to do some soul searching about how I wanted to, to interact with my, my core values mm -hmm. and my business 
and really what my why was. And it, people say that all the time. What's your why? Most investors that I talk to, their why is honestly just to be financially free and to be able to spend time with their family. And that's that's a great goal. But I was thinking that, you know, I could, <laughs> there are other ways I can do it other than starting a real estate company. So mm-hmm. what, what is my why? And And I decided that my why, and maybe to go back a little bit, when I was, uh, when I was 11 years old, my eight-year-old brother was diagnosed with brain cancer. Mm. And uh, he was given six months to live. And, you know, by the grace of God, he, he went through nine brain surgeries and, and three years of chemotherapy and radiation. And, and he survived. Wow. Um, he survived. He's, he's now 30. He just turned 40. Wow. And, which is a miracle. Really? And, but as you can imagine, as an 11-year-old, seeing your, being sent to a friend's house to live with friends because your parents were living at San Francisco Medical with your brother, uh, walking into an ICU and seeing tubes hooked up to his head, it, it left a very, very strong impression. In fact, honestly, I, I, until my mid-30s, I wasn't able to talk about it without crying. And so my why is to help. I want to partner, have each investor that comes to our group partner with us and help fund a family who's going through, you know, a child with cancer wow. or going through that difficulty. And so we're, we're actually taking each investor and we're going to give them, we're going to give them three different options, at least three that I've identified so far. This is our current working model. Okay. But, but um, one of them is to partner with a family who is going through cancer and, and just, you know, each investment will, some of that will go to them. And then it, it'll, it'll come from us. Your full investment will go into the property. <laughs> And then the other one that we've been supporting is the Remember New Foundation, who works with prevent, preventing child sex trafficking in, in Southeastern Asia. And so those, those two areas are areas that I'm really passionate about. And I realized that as long as my name did not reflect where I want the business to help, that it wasn't really my core value. Mm. And so I changed the name of the company to Good Samaritan Capital because I think that in any business transaction, multifamily, the tenants need to win, the investors need to win, the business needs to win, you know, and there needs to be give back to the community and it needs to be a real thing. And so that's, that's why I changed the name of it. And, and like I said, we actually just changed our name today. The letter's probably in the mail still. Amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. I, I really, you know, moved by that. It's an incredible story and it really goes to show you know, the real why a lot of people, like you said, are, are kind of superficial with their why, and, you know, not to not to take that away from them. I mean, that you're being financially free and having, you know, a little money no, to we'll invest. And that's that's a great goal. That's something that is very important. All of us should want that for our families. But having something that really resonates and goes to your core and really talks about who you are as a person. That's difficult to, you know, in in, in view in a company, right? That's yeah. that, that was must have been a very big challenge. But I love how you've kind of coupled the charitable acts along with the investment, and it's really more than just you're doing because what you're doing is you're you're kind of teaching the investors. You know, maybe they don't have that type of outlook necessarily. Uh, maybe they'd be it, happy it was hard to, to find. 
yeah, maybe they'd be happy to invest with someone else who, uh, you know, just they don't really care about. They just want the best return on their investment. But it sounds like you're finding the right people who actually care about those things as well. And it's really bringing, bringing that out of them. I would say for the first year of doing this, I, I was really asking myself, what is my why? And, and you know, being able to, to retire and have a good income in my retirement with my family and spend more time with my family, that is definitely part of my why. And to help other people do that right. is actually part of my why too. But really being able to, to couple it to something that is beneficial to the groups in need, it took a long time for me to come to that. And I hope more people come to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope businesses in general, but you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of, you know, do that. That'll bring me to my book recommendation. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but the businesses in general should really have that sort of practice. You know, I'm fortunate enough that the people that I surround myself with are kind of all these like-minded people. And, you know, so the company I work for Madison, the owners of the company are extremely charitable. I mean, above and beyond what you know, what anyone awesome. would even expect, um, the philanthropy that goes on with their business. And so I have that as kind of a role model in my life uh, of these people who are very extremely successful in business and real estate and are, you know, spending a lot of, lot of money, you know, that they're making, mm -hmm. giving back, whether, uh, you know, that's within the company, obviously, but without, I mean, literally, it would be, you know, not an exaggeration to say like helping thousands of families. Mm -hmm. it, it is, it's just incredible. Well, it, you know, one of the main things that I tell investors is that multifamily real estate has a cost segregation study. And that's why they should do it over single family investment because you get better tax advantages with multifamily than you do with single invest, family investments. There you go. Um, so, and, and that's helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Well, it, let's 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 do that. Let's let's take this segue um, right into the final four over here because I'd love to hear a little bit more about about how you know these things. I love these answers we get from everyone. So the first question I ask everyone is, "What is the worst job that you ever had?" What's the worst job that I've ever had? Two come to mind actually, and both of them were in the financial sector. So I was a trader at the Chicago Board of Trade. And I stood down in the pit in the 10 year bond in the 10 year bond pit. What originally happened was that my uncle had been a trader there for a long time. And uh, a lot of the this was uh, 2001. And a lot of the liquidity was going to the screens, the computers and out of the pit. And so he hired me on to hold a computer there and stand next to him as he traded in the pit. And uh, that that was a stressful job. And it was kind of sad to see a lot of honestly broken people there a lot of a lot of drug use and and um people that were coping with stress in different not always healthy ways yeah uh wow. the other job was actually bank of america <laughs> so i worked at bank of america as a software developer i helped uh, develop some foreign currency transaction systems i was on a team there mm -hmm. and the corporate culture was was bad enough i spent the next four years volunteering overseas wow let's just put it that way wow Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a big, that's a big leap, a uh, big dichotomy there. Whew, sounds like, sounds like jobs. That, you know, when I ask this question, part of me like doesn't want to hear the answer. Well, it's all about the people you work with, right? right? It it, and the corporate culture. It is. Um, and there are lots of great, Intel is a great place to work. I love working at Intel, which is why, you know, even though I have a real estate company, I still want to work there. But yeah, 
That's awesome. Well, that's good to hear. And the fact that they're making it help, you know, with your club. I mean, that's just incredible to me. It's mm-hmm. just, to me, that's fascinating. I didn't even know these type of things existed beforehand, but um, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that and learn more about it today. What is, um, second question I asked, what is a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? So I, I actually read this uh, December last year. Uh, this was Conscious Capitalism by John Mackey. And John Mackey is the CEO of Whole Foods. He's very well known for being a person who, whose business was driven by you know, things that he saw needed addressing. He, he wanted people to eat better and to have healthy you know, bodies. And so he built his entire business around that. But he developed his philosophy that everybody in a business transaction has to win and that corporate citizens need to be driven by consciousness and not just the bottom line. And it's a really good read. Awesome. I'm going to check that out. I haven't, haven't yet, but uh, adding that to the list, as I do pretty much every book that is suggested here on the podcast, which means I have a reading list for the next six years, but right. it's, um, it's always good. Awesome stuff. Third question, what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? So each year I try to do something that I've never done before. This year I bought a book on mushroom farming. Not medicinal mushrooms. Magical mushrooms? <laughs> Not magic mushrooms. Okay. Oh, no, culinary <laughs> mushrooms. There, I mean, there, there are so there are thousands and thousands of types, and they mm-hmm. all have different colors and textures and uses. And I, I, I literally knew nothing about mushrooms. I didn't even know what the names of the mushrooms in the supermarket are called. And, and, I, and I went, I know nothing about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn about this. And so I'm, I'm actually reading through a book with my daughter. And we're, we're planting a uh, small mushroom garden in our backyard. Part of this came about because I live in Oregon. And a couple of years, we've tried to grow vegetable gardens. and They've not worked very well. Right. And so I decided, oh, it's wet and cold. Maybe I should grow mushrooms instead. But so we've, we've got a small little beginning mushroom farm going. And that's, that's something I do with my daughter quite a bit when I'm not doing other things. And it's, it's good family time too. That's great. That's awesome. So you cook, I, I take it. You like to cook a little? Uh, I, I cook a little, not as much as I should. Okay. <laughs> you know, because having all these mushrooms, I mean, you got to try. Yeah, yeah. You got to find interesting them. recipes to use right. them in. And, and there's so many colors and textures that I don't think most people know about. So. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them do actually have, uh, you know, very good medicinal purposes, even if you're not growing them specifically, the medicinal types there, there are a, a lot of nutrients and different types of things there. So fourth and final question for you, Daniel, what does success mean to you? So success for me means being able to help families who have children with cancer and also being involved in, in child sex trafficking and prevention. And um, the other thing is, is that a lot of people at the, the real estate club have given very generously with their words and just said, Daniel, thank you so much for starting the club. And so su- success for me has started to be helping other people reach financial freedom too. It's an important thing in people's lives, especially with, you know, uncertain times. Mm-hmm. I love to talk to people about, hey, you know, with real estate, I can, I can look at the next, you know, potentially four to five years of cash flow and come up with a business plan. And if I want to retire, I need to have some forward looking ability where I can't do that with the stock market. Stock market goes up and down. It's based on consumer sentiment mm-hmm. and uh, commercial real estate is based on the amount of income the property produces. So it's, 
it's a less liquid, more stable asset. Right. And so success for me has been, you want me to lay it out in the next seven years, I want to help 50 families become financially free. There you go. That's success. That's awesome. That's an incredible goal. I love that. Love to hear it actually articulated and, uh, you know, have a plan to get it done. And it's so true nowadays, especially with turbulent times, having other streams of income is really going to, you know, really get, get it going, you know, help, help you stay afloat. I mean, that's as simple mm -hmm. as it is. Could, could I, um, could I give one other thing that I, I sure. want to plug a little bit? Go right ahead. Uh, so I, I and a couple of other people uh, are starting a mastermind club for people that want to learn to start real estate clubs at their place of business. We actually have uh, somebody from Dell, potentially somebody from Amazon, somebody from Nike, somebody from Kaiser Permanente, all coming in as founding members of the mastermind. And if you'd like to learn how to start a, a, a REI club at your, at your company, come talk to us. That's so awesome. I hope there are people listening to this that work at you know large corporations like that that have these type of clubs within them that you know you can be the founding member because tremendous things can come out of that uh not just the education but the connections with new people helping other people and and really ultimately i'm you know i'd be uh just guessing here but have any of these people from your investing club actually invested with you on any of your projects the possibility it is a possibility okay you're not <laughs> gonna say but uh i would i would hope that would be the case it's an ancillary benefit obviously not the main reason why you're doing it but thank you so much daniel it's been a pleasure speaking with you catching up and um you know i just appreciate you taking the time yona it's a pleasure as always thank you oh well thank you and and to all our listeners remember the best advice comes only when you ask Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I wanna hear from you guys. So I wanna hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.